Welcome to Scale Her Up, the female entrepreneur show with me, Brenda Hector. I'm a business growth specialist helping business owners to develop themselves and grow their businesses so they can achieve their goals and enjoy the lifestyle they dream of. I'm also on a mission to revolutionize the entrepreneurial landscape for women in business. In every podcast episode, I interview someone who has an inspiring story or some great advice for women aiming to start or scale their businesses. If you're new to the show, take a moment to subscribe and please check out the previous ones after listening to this. We've got an awesome community on Facebook. Just search for Scale Her Up and join in. I'm delighted to have Claire Middlebrook from Middlebrooks. Claire, welcome. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Very excited to be here. Oh, I'm delighted to speak to you on the podcast. I guess just an introduction. How did you get into business? I started up my company, Middlebrook, in 2015. Before that, I'd been a partner in a top 50 chartered accountancy firm doing insolvency, financial restructuring of both individuals and companies. The firm I was in, great firm, maybe slightly older ideas about flexible working. And certainly I've been interested to see how they're getting on with COVID and working from home because there was quite an an old fashioned approach to me having my second child, a little boy. So I, with the backing of my husband, said, look, I've got two choices here. I either go and be a partner of someone else or do it myself. And to be fair, my husband said, I've got every faith in you. I think you should do it yourself. That was seven and a bit years ago, and I'm delighted I'm still here, um, still surviving, still thriving, and wanting to build the type of workplace that, first and foremost, you don't have Sunday night dread, and secondly, it is a positive place to be because the work that we do involves working with individuals and companies that they're in a sticky place with their finances. So we want to help them navigate through that path and get on the road to a positive future. Fantastic. So, yeah, I'm very interested in the the wee story there about the employer who wasn't very understanding of a working mum. I think there's a lot of us get into business on our own because of the challenges of having a boss. Yeah, the the flexibility that being your own boss brings to your family, I suppose. I I think you're absolutely right. From my perspective, the type of work we do is, well, what would have been before COVID classed as office-based, it is desk. The majority of the work we do is desk-based and there can be an element of flexibility around that. I very much, as a working mum, you know, grafted my way to being a partner in a firm and thought that as a partner, I would have the flexibility afforded to me of a career spanning at that point, probably about 50 years of proving myself that prepared to work the extra when it's needed, prepared to, the type of work I do is extremely reactionary. So I have in the past had a phone call on a Monday evening saying, Claire, you need to be in Milton Keynes tomorrow to trade a haulage company and you're going to be there for the next week, pack a bag. You don't know when you're going to come home and it's the type of work that we do. And I think if you are showing that level of willingness and then the flexibility is not being shown by the other side, it's somewhat disheartening. So when I had the opportunity at the back end of 2014, early 2015 to set up my own business, 
are really embarked on Middlebrooks with that at its very, very core. We work in fast-paced, dynamic environment, and it's it's understood between myself and my leadership team that that means we need to be all about home lives. But that does, doesn't just extend to mothers. I think it extends to the whole team that we have at Middlebrooks because we have a team of really highly skilled people who are on a daily basis speaking to individuals who've lost money and they're worried because that's putting them in financial difficulty. So I think the least we can do is be flexible about our working and if the the business can cope with it, which in all honesty, I would say eight times out of 10 it can. Let's be flexible about these things. Let's not just immediately say no, let's consider it. So our vision at Middlebrooks is to be at the centre of positive futures and that's not just for the external people that we interact with that's for the Middlebrooks people as well our main asset is our team because we're service-based if our main asset was a manufacturing kit I would have a mechanic in and I would be oiling it and I would be getting it serviced so one of the things we've done is we have got a head of people development whose sole role is to be the mechanic for the team so that individual looks after the team from a well-being perspective, after the team holistically. It works and it can work. There has to be total buy-in from both sides. And I guess that's what's helped me then get back the flexibility that I was looking for as a working mum. And it's great to be able to schedule in your diary that you're going to the nativity play. That's the best bit about being a mum. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. And we know that, you know, when you give that flexibility, or I know when when I was working for someone else and given the flexibility that I needed, I gave back more. Absolutely. 100%. 100%. You get people that are, think you can win people's hearts as well as their minds. If you're, think you've got to be seen to be leading from the front. I think you've got to be seen to be working hard when you need to work hard. But I think you can set a really credible example. And the team that I've got feed from that, we've got quite a lot of younger people that are, you know, maybe only five, 10 years into their careers. And, you know, the some of the access to the literature that they've got, I really hope is going to go on to see them sending that message out later on in their careers as well. And that would be an amazing thing to help them scale up as well. Yeah, absolutely. So what have been what's been what's been your biggest success in the, the years that you've been in business then? Hmm, my biggest success. I think my biggest success has been the ability to rip up my business and start again. That seems like a strange thing. I think COVID has probably been a huge part of that, in all honesty. The the ability to take a step back from a business and say, right, this is no longer going to work in the environment that we're in. I've seen my business change. The actual face of my business has changed. We've rebranded. The way that we work has really changed. And that's going to see us through the next several years when the industry that we're working in is going to be really needed to help the economy get back on track. So, my, big, my biggest success is ripping up what I did before and starting again, because I think you sometimes need to do that. <laughs> That's a fantastic message. Rip it up and start again if you need to. Yeah. 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 So the, the, the biggest success is having to 
is being able to to rip it up and start again. And yeah, was was that caused by COVID? Then was that the the catalyst to to making these changes, or would you have done it anyway? I hundred percent believe that COVID brought it forward. Mm-hmm. I think COVID brought forward my procrastination. I've had in Middlebrook's uh, strategic plan since twenty eighteen. I genuinely think that until March of 2020, the strategic plan was there. It was referred to. My team could probably have told you what was on the strategic plan. They could have told you what our vision was, what our mission was. But I don't think there was much guts in behind that strategic plan. And I think what COVID did was after about the first six or seven weeks of what I I remember like working 24 hours a day thinking must do must do must do I thought no 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 this right let's take a real step back and that was when I started to really look at the strategic plan again and say right is this actually going to drive my boat forward is it going the way that I want my business to go not for me as the business owner but also for my team as well is this going to fit in the new reality and so I think it definitely brought forward me ramping up using the strategic plan as a, a daily tool in my business to make sure that every single decision that I was making fit in with that strategic plan. And I actually gave my team carte blanche at that point as well. And I think what COVID taught me in ripping up my business, going back to the that strategic plan was to, you know, button down my ideas that I wanted and stick to those ideas. So each time I have a project or an idea, I have to run it past my leadership team to say, does this fit with the strategic plan for Middlebrooks? Because we've spent a lot of time putting the guts in behind that. And I don't want to upreel that process now. So I really did rip it up, start again and absolutely commit to it because of COVID. I think if we hadn't had COVID, I would have still been on the the circuit that I was on, which was a good circuit to be on. Don't get me wrong at all. It, you know, there was nothing about my life that I was hugely upset with. But I think COVID gave me that impetus to say, right, Claire, you're 40, 42 now, you know, get your stuff together. You've always said you wanted to retire, you know, when you were 50 or 55, you know, you need to get cracking. So thank you, COVID, bizarrely. <laughs> so it's focused you, really. Yes, yeah. 100%, 100%. Yeah, so I don't know for for the listeners, I mean, I'm hoping nothing like COVID comes again, comes along again very, very soon, but the message being be focused on what you want to achieve and not getting distracted. Those other 19 I, ideas, were they distractions? Yeah, yeah. I, think, <laughs> I think so. I think very much the message would be whether, you know, yes, stay focused, but also... Take every setback, take everything that happens to your business or to your life and say, right, what is it that I can do to springboard off from this again? What what has this incident stopped me doing that I was doing before, which actually wasn't productive? So a real it provides that time of reflection. And you know, I know that one of the great things in various business communities that I've been involved in, you know, you have your quarterly planning day for your business. And, you know, that is actually one of the most valuable days that you're going to have in your quarter, in your business, because you're seeing the wood for the trees for the best expression. And I think 
that that is what a big lifestyle event helps you do. You know, if you have got the ability to be focused and consistent all the time, then A, I applaud you and B, I want your secrets because (laughs) it's a tough place to be. But having that focus on and reconnecting with what it is that you really want is so invaluable. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that quarterly planning day, uh, that's the, my favourite part of what I do, actually. Yeah. The growth club, um, yeah. the growth club meeting. Yeah, I know that you work with an action coach as well. So, yeah, it's a it's a really energising event, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, it is. And that's what I used to come back with all my 20 different ideas, <laughs> 19 of which were rubbish. But, 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 but for the one that was good, that, you know, it's worth it. And I, and I do think you know, there is such a wealth of information out there about running your own business and about people that have done it before. And if you read all of them, and I'm an avid book reader, and I will keep reading all of them. But, you know, I think there's there's two messages that I always take from it is, number one, it's hard work. But number two, you've got to kiss a lot of frogs as well, because you need to find out what's really going to sing for you. And having the self-awareness and the ability to say, okay, I'm on one of my 19 rubbish ideas. I need to start backpedaling now. Mm-hmm. That is an important reflection to have. And that's where taking the time out to reflect on that and think, you know, A, that's not in the strategic plan for my business. B, even if it is in the strategic plan, it's actually not adding to it anymore because the world has changed. It doesn't yeah. need to have been a pandemic the world changes all the time. So having the ability to, and the self-awareness to say, right, you know, I thought that was a good idea six months ago. It's actually not relevant now. I think you've got to have the gumption within you to say, right, that's not worked too. And yeah, be able to admit that's not worked and move on. That's fantastic. You said that you're an avid reader. If you could recommend one book to the listeners, the to women in business, what, what book would you recommend? Um, so... I would absolutely recommend the book Traction by Gino Wickman. Mm -hmm. I have used that as my Bible. And I run a professional services firm, so it's really, really difficult to measure output. And I have struggled with that. Um, We manage a portfolio of around about 200 insolvency cases at any one time that we're adding to and taking away from. On a week, we have spoke software to do that because each of those 200 companies has its own reporting cycle and such and each week we have a set number of tasks that we have to achieve and that's all provided by the insolvency software but what I didn't have was other measurements of all of the other stuff that we do in Middlebrook and I got the book Traction Actually, I got it before, I got it back end 2019, read it in 2020 and one of the best things that I've found is we have implemented the weekly scorecard from that book and that has been a game changer for us in terms of measuring output, measuring success, measuring where we need to swoop in and help people and also from the managers that I have in my team it provides that third thing that they can talk about because one of the things that I've always struggled with I like big ideas I'm not the best at people management one of the, my biggest tips that I've picked up about people management is to depersonalize it and have a third thing to be talking about because 
people management can very quickly descend into you said you were going to do this no I didn't blah 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 so that is why I love the book traction because it really started a snowball effect of third things that we've got with the middle groups to measure output measure swooping in all of this good stuff all of the team love it because they're now constantly coming to me saying look at my scorecard look at all the great things I've done I'm like I know that's brilliant well done let's keep going (laughs) brilliant that's that's really good and I have also read traction it's a fantastic book fantastic book when you started what seven years ago I think you said it, was it just yourself and how, how have you built up to, to a team of 12 did you say? Yes yeah. so when I started Middlebrooks um, as I mentioned I exited a partnership I actually because of the fairly unique nature of what I do um, the, the insolvency appointments that I had I bought them from the, my old partnership and I two paid over six members of my team okay and so we started off from day one um, my bankers are the Clydesdale Bank and they still laugh now that um, I rippled right the way through the Clydesdale Bank in the UK because they had to open up 300 bank accounts on day one and it was unheard of with the Clydesdale Bank um, and the, uh, so I started off with six I Middlebrooks then grew up to team of 22 at the start of the probably at the start of 2020 and during the course of 2020 I actually sold a portion of my business and Middlebrooks had an operation south of the border in Manchester and I had an approach from a Manchester based firm that did something similar it was a very distinct service line that we had it was an offering for individuals who lived in England and Wales um, who were suffering financial distress and we had a portfolio of about five or six hundred clients and Middlebrooks had an approach for that area of the business and at the time as I mentioned earlier I was reflecting on what the business meant to me about where we were going and um, took the decision that that was right that was the right fit to sell that bit for the um, strategic aims so the, that that meant that some of the team went with that book sale um, which was great. It was great to see them going off. And it's also nice to hear what's happening at the new place as well. You know, we are human beings at the end of the mm-hmm. day. Um, so we're now at a team of 12 based across Scotland, working in a hybrid fashion, really trialing and embracing the, the benefits of what home working has got to bring, but hopefully coming up with some fun ways to reconnect on a weekly and a daily basis as a team so one of the action coach mantras that we've adopted is we have a morning whistle which is what Mm -hmm. I feel like expressing for the team so every Monday morning at 9 30 we have a team whistle I've changed the rules a little bit sorry um but we have a topic for our whistle so sometimes the topics can be rather bizarre so Monday Monday of this week, it was National Telephone Day. So the topic of our whiffle was, who would you like to speak to on the telephone, whether they're dead or alive, famous or not? And it's great because you get to find out about your team. And actually, if I had been in the office, I probably never would have asked one of my case administrators, you know, who would you like to talk to on the phone, whether they're dead or alive? But I find out now that it would be our granny because she never met our granny because our granny Aww. passed away before she was born. So I love the 
I love it. I love the fact to get to know more about my team for these random topics. <laughs> that's, that's a really, really good tip for somebody managing a, a, a virtual team to do, do a bit of, it's, it's almost like a, an icebreaker in a networking thing, isn't it? It just, yep. yeah, just it helps is. you. Yeah, that's fantastic. So you've had the, the, the sale of that part. Did, was that in the plan? Was it, were you building that up? getting the systems and things in place to sell that part or was it an unexpected approach to be honest with you it was always the intention to build that up the work that went into that book needed scale in order to make it even more profitable than it was so we built it up to that critical mass over about two and a bit years um, and then sold that bit of business and we are focusing more on probably more corporate solutions now rather than personal solutions. And that's what the team that are here just now really are great at doing. What, what sort of advice would you have for someone that is looking to sell part or all of their business? My advice would be get all of the selling points onto one piece of paper. Your numbers are always going to be your numbers. You know, if you've, if you've got a good accounting system, you know, and, you know, there are loads of accounting systems available. I'm an accountant to trade, so I always go to numbers first. The, the numbers will speak for themselves. You can pull off multiple reports. What I found really helpful was I had a kind of document of the questions that I thought a purchaser might want to ask me. For example, what the range of client portfolio was, what the kind of annual monthly amount of money that was coming into the portfolio was, what the total number of we have to pay something called dividends out to creditors and that's quite a big bit of work so in my head I thought well if I was buying this I'd want to know how much work's going to be involved because that's what will chip away at my price so I, I tried to put myself in the shoes of the purchaser and answer all of their questions in a document you're always going to get due diligence questions that are going to come left field but if you've got a really good accounting system that you can pull management accounts off as a hat if you've got a good set of commercial questions answered before you go into that meeting then you're really halfway there to providing them with what they want and the third thing I would always say is have your number in your head of what you want because yeah. I, I must confess I've gone into some things in the past where I haven't had my number in my head and it's incredibly obvious when you're having a conversation that you've not got your number in your head. So have that. Whether it's an unrealistic number or not, you'll find out. But have it in your head anyway. A really good, really good tip there. Thank you. Thank you. So what have been, what have been the biggest challenges that you've faced in business? I, the biggest challenges that I've had in business, well, probably the biggest one has been myself. Um, I am a highly emotional person and right at the start I think that I didn't put enough work into trying to manage my emotions enough um, again I've done a lot of research on how to do that and um, there's loads of different lovely books and I, I made acquaintance of a lovely lady called Jin Lally who talks about emptying your stress bucket to help you regulate your emotions so I would certainly say you know, challenges in business, have a wee look at how you're reacting to them because sometimes the challenges 
if you react to them in a different way, actually become opportunities. Um, I guess other challenges in business that I have faced, the work that we do um, is heavily regulated. So making sure that I've kept abreast of all of those regulations has been a challenge. Um, managing all of the different hats that you've got to manage as a business owner. One day you're negotiating a sale of uh, of an asset for a couple hundred thousand pounds and the next day you're having to deal with buying toilet roll for your team in the office because it's run out. So having that ability to pivot is is such a good one. So I guess probably I would say the biggest challenge is myself and making sure that I've prepared myself enough as I possibly can. Oh, um, I, I know exactly where you're coming from. I'm, I'm the very same. I did, when you, I got into business, I didn't quite realise how, how much I didn't know and having, yep. to, having to learn lots of things that I didn't, and so many of my clients the same. Yes, we don't, yep. we don't know what we don't know until we get started. Yeah. I would 100% and I know that there might be men in business that would never use this phrase, but Middlebrooks is another baby of mine. I've got three babies. I've got my daughter, who's 13. I've got my son, who's eight. And I've got Middlebrooks, who's seven. And it, to me, my business is my baby. And in the same way as there's no book on parenting that's going to give you all the answers straight away, there's no book on business that's going to give you all the answers straight away. But you have to try and find a book or a podcast, or, you know, whether you get your business tips from Dragon's Den, whatever suits you, you need to find the thing that you're going to embrace and embrace it 100%. Uh, you know, did the same with my kids. I read every parenting book under the sun when I was pregnant. And then the baby comes along and you've got to fling it out the window. Business is the same. Absolutely. Absolutely. And are you, are you, bringing your business up to be independent the same as as you want we'd want your kids to be eventually yes that that is that is the, that's the name of the game 100% I want my business to be able to go off into the sunset hopefully not when it's 18 I'm hoping a little bit sooner than 18 <laughs> um but I am wanting my business to go off to get married to maybe have business children who knows <laughs> um but I, I certainly would like my business to run without me and one of the main aims in my own personal one-page plan to dovetail in with my um, company one-page plan is to make that happen the biggest barrier that I have to that at the moment is the type of work that I do is personal to me rather than the limited company through which I trade so at the moment we've got two people who are going through the process of professional exams to become licensed insolvency practitioners so I do see that as my business making little babies and it's pretty cool as a it'll be pretty cool as a grandmom to watch those people take their insolvency appointments hopefully next year um, and for me to really play to my strengths one of my strengths as you might have guessed is talking one of my strengths is not so much reading reports which is a good lot of what I do on a day-to-day basis. So as one of my huge business mentors would say, play to your strengths. So that's what I'm hoping to do. Fantastic. Fantastic. So that you've answered my next question was, what are your ambitions for the future? So 
Would you do it all again, knowing what you know seven years later? I would do it all again. I would, I would do it differently. I think that I probably would have spent longer at the beginning getting my systems in place because looking back on some of the, the challenges that I've had internally with my team, for example, there's some team interactions in my history that I'm not hugely proud of. I would have always welcomed an opportunity to have gone back with the information that I've got in my head now to revisit those. And I would not have done it in the same way. And when I look at them now, I think the, the issues that I had were because I lacked clarity in myself. I lacked clarity when I was talking to my team. I think my systems could have been better. And so I think that's what I would, I would have done differently. I would have got better clarity in myself first better clarity for my team first and spent more time on my systems first rather than what I did was I I went big I went out to the marketplace and I said we're here come and give us all your work it's a difficult balance to get isn't it because the two are not mutually exclusive and the best will in the world you've got to do a bit of everything but I think I spent too much time getting in new work and not enough time on clarity is what I would have changed. It's very difficult to get that balance right, though, because you need the new work. The, you, and when you've yeah. got you've got six employees there, right from the very start, you need to be you need to be paying those salaries. So it's very difficult. So yeah, yeah. with hindsight, you would have done it differently, but that's what you needed to do at the time. Yeah, you, yeah. you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And all of these things have it's so trite to say but it does make you into who you are today and if you take it and learn from it then anything that has gone maybe not quite to plan actually it did go to plan it just at the time you didn't know that that's what the plan was so you know take it and learn from it absolutely take it and learn from it so as you're aware the purpose of the scale her up podcast is to inspire and motivate women to be the best uh, business owners that they can be and uh, make a difference to the numbers. The numbers are not great. There are not enough of us starting and scaling up our businesses. What do you think we can do as as individuals or as a community to to make bring about that revolution? If you like, I think I think for me, having women in business and having more women in business is just it's an absolute must. Anyone can see you know, a mother multitasking and see what she does in a day, apply that to business. And, you know, I'm a bit of a, a fan of saying girls can rule the world. Um, I think for women in business, I think that we are so much better at coming together as groups and recognising ourselves for what we've done, what we've come through and what we've achieved. I've got some great women in business pals I think we could always be better at that because I always strive to be better. I think think doing what you're doing with the podcast and getting the information out there that there can be more than one way to skin a cat, that as long as you're willing to pivot, there's options available to you. For me, coming together in groups, talking about our experiences and talking to younger women as well. There's a lot of younger women that I've got in Middlebrook for example, one of the girls that 
He's going through her insolvency exams. She's not even 30 yet. And professional services people that do those exams normally tend to be about 40. Grasp the opportunities with both hands is such an important place to be. Oh, I couldn't agree more. And I'm so pleased to hear that you're doing that, supporting the younger younger women and doing it differently as well. You don't mm-hmm. have to do it the way that everyone's always done it up until now. Fantastic. My last question for you that I, I ask everyone is one that I learned from the awesome Michael Heppel. Is there anything that I should have asked you, Claire, that I haven't asked? Is there anything you should have asked me? What would I like to be when I grow up? It's probably a good one. <laughs> what would you like to be when you grow up? When I grow up, I'd really like to be a party planner because I love planning events and parties. And I I took up a new skill in lockdown of making big balloon models. So you might see a lot on Instagram and Pinterest, all the balloon walls that the influencers are standing in front of I can actually make those and I'd really love to do that when I grow up because I love the joy on people's faces when they see a balloon so especially at a nice big party so that's what I'm aiming to be when I'm an adult (laughs) that's fantastic that is not the answer I would have expected from an insolvency practitioner on my podcast (laughs) (laughs) isn't it interesting there there are always more than one side to any person and uh, yeah accountancy (laughs) background and working in insolvency to being a party planner that's yeah oh (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much for being on the scale her up podcast claire it's been an absolute pleasure to have you here thank you so much for asking me i'm absolutely honored absolutely honored brenda and keep fighting the good fight you're doing amazing thank you (laughs) thank you Thanks for listening to Scale Her Up, the female entrepreneur's show. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And please join our Facebook community at Scale Her Up. Please connect with me, Brenda Hector, on social media and drop me a message to let me know you're enjoying the podcast. Or even better, pop a wee review on iTunes. I'm going to finish by reminding you, only one in three UK entrepreneurs are female. And men are five times more likely to scale their business to over one million in turnover than women. If we started and scaled our businesses to the same extent as men, it would add 250 billion to the UK economy and provide millions of jobs. Ladies, you can do it and we're going to make a massive difference.